Chapter 2 Thirteen Months Later Don't be afraid, Edith. Edith Gibson stirred from her slumber, grateful for the brief nap. Ever since her husband's health had started to deteriorate, she'd been short of rest. Taking forty winks when she could grab them was the only way to get through the day. Bert's heart disease caused problems with blood circulation in the legs, so at night she had to lie awake listening to his constant fidgeting as he looked for a position to ease his discomfort. On occasion, he was able to ignore the pain that came to him in bed, and when his jabbering and moaning stopped, Edith could steal a few hours' sleep. But those nights were rare. When she did sleep, she dreamed of her grandchildren, Michael and Jesse now teenagers, growing tall in the sunshine of Western Australia. Bert, the lightest of sleepers, said he sometimes heard her call out their names in the night. He even said he once saw her cupping her arms as though holding one of the twins as a baby, the way she'd held them at the airport that last time, before she and Bert bade a tearful farewell to their son and daughter-in-law and the two oblivious infants. They'd received photographs, of course. Pete and Jeanie had been scrupulous in the first few years, sending snaps of Michael and Jesse enjoying their new life thousands of miles from their heartbroken grandparents, eating huge shrimps from the barbecue or playing in the small backyard pool of their new home in Perth. But these became more infrequent with the advent of digital photography and Bert's reluctance to own a computer. "'What do we want one of those for?' he'd said. So Pete can send pictures of Michael and Jesse, she'd reply, and there's something called Skype, Bert. It allows you to speak in person, and we can see them on screen while we talk. It must cost a fortune. It's free. Yeah, well, if he wants to send pictures, he can post them. And that had been that. Since then, she'd had to wait until the once-a-year package at Christmas to see images of their grandchildren. Edith, said the voice. She opened her eyes and licked her lips, still able to taste the alcohol in her mouth. I'm thirsty. Here. She straightened up to drink the glass of water and saw Bert stirring in the chair next to her. Are you all right? He croaked, his voice strained. What happened? She asked. He had a little sleep, said the voice. A hand took the glass of water from her. Did I? Wouldn't that have been the best time? Course not. Defeats the object. The music's ready. The photographs, too. Edith looked down at the framed photograph on her lap. It was of her son and daughter-in-law with Michael and Jesse when they were little. She smiled and stroked the image with her liver-spotted hand. This one's my favourite. She looked up earnestly. Can we hold hands? I'd be upset if you didn't. Edith rested her hand on the arm of the chair, and Bert covered it with his own shaking one. He tried to speak and lift himself out of the chair, but his face twisted with the effort. <laughs> no, he whispered, sinking back onto the foam cushions. This isn't right. Calm yourself, Bert, said Edith. A second later, the soft violins of Barber's Adagio filled the room with solemn lament. This is your favourite. Bert began to agitate more vigorously. No! Stop! Edith squeezed his hand. Settle down, Bert. 
There's no time. But, mother! No, Bert, for once just start fussing and do your tie-up. But, your tie, Bert. You want to look smart? She watched him fiddle with shaking hands, forcing the knot further into his gnarled old neck. She smiled at his efforts, and a tear fell. He finished tightening the tie and returned his hand to hers. How do I look? Like my handsome boy. He grinned at this, false teeth shifting in his jaw. You remember the first time we met, Bert? Bert's mouth creased in recollection. Scott's dance hall, just after the war. That's it, my love, said Edith. Do you remember our first dance? His face softened with a love that didn't need to be expressed. Yeah, bossa nova. <laughs> it was.